Hello, New Lynn Presbyterian. It is a blessing to be able to connect with you in this way, even though we're not able to connect in person. Uh, I miss all of you. You know, last week we didn't gather as a congregation to worship on Sunday and kind of felt like a snow day, sort of like a day off, maybe a vacation a little bit for me. But this is the second week in a row and I'm missing you. Uh, and I want you to know that I'm praying for you and um, that I look forward eagerly to the time when we can, once again, uh, shake hands and give hugs and be together. Uh, your session has been working on identifying when that might be, but for now, we have decided to suspend all worship services till the end of March. Uh, in the next week, we will begin to gather using Zoom, which is a video conferencing software so that we might share a Bible study together and have opportunities to see each other's faces and hear each other's voices and gather uh, digitally around the Word. So in this short homily that I'm sending you this morning, we're going to think about where we've been in the last couple months as a congregation, uh, as we have been digging into the Scriptures. And then we're going to take a look at Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, we learn one thing not to do that may be helpful to us in this time. We learn one thing to do continually that indeed will be a blessing to us. And then we will be grounded in Christ and pointed to the future. So if you have 10 minutes, I invite you to sit down and get comfortable and open up your Bible to Psalm 1. And let's devote ourselves for a moment to the scriptures. So first, where have we been? And I don't mean in terms of the last couple of weeks as uh, things begin to shut down, as we have not been gathering as a church. I mean, kind of where have we been as Newland Presbyterian as we've been working our way Sunday by Sunday through the scriptures? What we've been doing is thinking about life together. Isn't it interesting that now, after a series on life together, what it means to be the church and joined in Christ, we are now separated. Uh, don't think it's an accident that the Lord allowed us to get a taste of what it means to share life together. Psalm 133 is kind of where we started, where we grounded ourselves. And you'll remember that Psalm 133 says, Oh, how good how pleasant and good it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down onto the beard, down onto the beard of Aaron, running down onto the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And we discovered in that sort of the symbols that call our minds to different stories of the Scripture that principally together is where God gives us the Son and the Spirit. Now, we're separated physically, but I still yet believe that God has joined us in the Son and the Spirit to His very life. We move from there to Ephesians where we discover that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone upon which our lives can be built and this temple um, into which we're being built is, is formed. The apostles and prophets form that foundation. 
we moved from there to Acts chapter 2, where we learned um, some of the, the basics of what it means to be together, the, kinds of li- the kind of life that we begin to devote ourselves to. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the scriptures, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. We began to enter in more deeply to all of these things. Life together, grounded in Jesus, um, empowered by the Spirit, uh, a life that brings glory and honor to God our Father. That's where we started. But then we, the, the next thing that we did was we began to think about, okay, um, what are the disciplines that allow me to con- continually be transformed personally so that when we come together, we bring all the fruits of those labors throughout the week and we bring them together on a Sunday morning and offer them to the Lord and to one another. And so for six weeks, we began working through disciplines of abstinence, of abstaining from certain things. And then we took a look at some disciplines of engagement. So first we looked at solitude. The irony is not lost on me here. Now we are being forced to practice solitude, but in God's providence, he's prepared us for this. Maybe you're getting a little more than you had wanted. Or maybe you're in a home with kids going crazy and you realize that actually I do need to set aside some serious time for solitude, to to be alone with God. Solitude was the first discipline, a separation, maybe from the TV screen, maybe from YouTube, which you're on right now, uh, maybe from your phone, maybe from the other people in your house. Solitude, time set aside simply um, to be with God. This time of solitude was followed by silence. Most of us recognize that when we're separated uh, from people and the voices and the chatter that we usually hear, suddenly our minds sort of turn on and we have all these thoughts running through our minds over and over. We can't stop thinking. And so silence gives us an opportunity not to think, you know, zero thoughts, but to think one thought. We think of Jesus. And by way of this single thought, we're able to filter out all of those myriad thoughts that come to us, sometimes unbidden. Solitude, silence. Silence allows us to descend into the still and quiet place in our hearts where God resides where God lives, and silence allows us to meet with him there. Solitude and silence and fasting. During the season of Lent, it is typical for folks to fast, and fasting allows us to say no to little things, the next meal or the next bite, in order that we might also say no to big things. The big temptations that seek to tear down our lives to Um, pull us away from God, that lead to destruction personally, the sin that clings so closely. That personal sin leads to corporate sin um, and a failure to live in the fullness of life that God desires to give us in Christ. So we practice some disciplines of abstinence in order that when we came together to share our common life, we might bring all of that work that God has been doing within us. Then we took a look at some disciplines of engagement. The Christian life is not just about saying no to everything that's bad. It's also about saying yes 
to that which is good and life-giving. So we looked at study, and I sent you guys um, a long list of some possible things that you could be reading and studying. Uh, we looked at the discipline of worship. And also, last week I sent you a sermon about the discipline of celebration, which may seem antithetical during this time, but I want you to not just be overwhelmed by the negativity of the news and the dangers of the coronavirus, uh, which are real and are impact impacting people, um, communities, countries, the world uh, in dire ways. But I also do want you to celebrate because God has given us life and life is good. And God meets us uh, throughout the course of our day. He was always with us. I want you to celebrate that. I want you to, the assignment was to take two things that you really enjoy and love and enjoy and love them. Two activities, two things. Maybe it's taking a walk outside, maintaining safe distancing from people. Maybe it's reading a good book. Um, whatever that might be for you, I want you to truly enjoy it. C.S. Lewis had some interesting things to say about that. I'll refer you to that text. Maybe you can go look it up um, in, in the screw tape letters. But that's kind of where we've been. Um, we've been thinking about life together, a life that continues despite our physical distance, a life that is grounded and established upon the cornerstone that is Jesus, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, a life that brings glory to God, a life that is bound together in unity. And we can grow during this time. Um, this doesn't need to be a time that is wasted while we're quarantined or practicing physical distancing or sheltering in place. This can be a time when God allows us to practice the disciplines that he just gave us in the last few weeks. Um, God's merciful and gracious to us. And I can see there already God's hand um, in our blessing and, and working all these things together for good for we who love him. That's where we've been, practicing disciplines of abstinence and engagement for the sake of our sanctification and our common life together. But here's what I want you to think about this morning. Um, we're going to shift and we're going to think about Psalm 1 just for a moment. Psalm 1, it's obviously the first one in the Psalter, and it begins um, in this beautiful way, Ashrei ha'ish asher lo halak. Ashrei ha'ish asher lo halak. It's just this beautiful uh, piece of Hebrew that just kind of welcomes you in. Psalm 1 goes, listen carefully. Um, Blessed is the man who walks not in the way of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the Lord, word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 1. First word, I want to make sure no one thinks, because 
contextually, we're in this time of the coronavirus and people are dying. I don't want anyone to say, oh, well, if the way of the week is going to perish, well, I can identify folks who are suffering from this disease or even perishing with the wicked. That's not what this is about. Only the Lord knows the righteous and the wicked and the Lord will discover or reveal that uh, on the day of judgment. That's not for us to say. We do know that there will be suffering in this life. We do know that uh, death is a reality that we must all face. Uh, though I believe we can face it uh, not in fear, but in hope because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But in this psalm, we, we hear one thing to be cautious about, one thing not to do, one thing to engage in. And then the psalm roots us in Jesus and offers us a look at the future so that we can move into it with hope. Um, so the psalm begins, blessed is the, man, blessed is the man who doesn't do something, who does not walk in the way of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. You see that there's a movement from walking. We are walking through this time of quarantine and um, social distancing. We're, we're walking through a page of a history book right now. People are going to be reading about this in years to come. We, but we must walk through it. Um, but you'll see in the psalm, there's, there's a walking, there's a standing, which is a little more permanent, and then there is a being seated. Um, walking in the way of the wicked, standing in the way of sinners, being seated with scoffers. In the wisdom literature, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, you hear a lot about the righteous and the wicked. Um, the wicked are those who are doing bad things or leading people astray. As you walk and follow them, you are led off of the path. Uh, when you stand with the sinners, um, you're kind of taking up residence there. You're identifying with these folks who are opposed to God. But um, in, the, in the Psalms, the, the, uh, the foolish ones are the scoffers. Sort of the pinnacle of, of evil because knowing God, they reject God and are actively opposed to God. So the foolish way, the way of the scoffers, if you sit down there, you're intentionally placing yourself um, to receive counsel from those who are not going to lead you to God, but going to lead you into a place of opposition towards God. So here's the thing. Um, the first thing that we're not to do is place ourselves in a position where we are receiving counsel from, lest as a man who does not walk in the way of the wicked, stay in the way of sinners, or be seated with the scoffers. Do not receive counsel from the wicked, from sinners, uh, and from those who are going to lead you away from God. As we are in our homes, I don't know how you're consuming media, who, whose counsel you are receiving as you navigate this strange and unprecedented time. Are you listening to newscasters? I don't know. Are you listening to um, uh, particular articles that you're reading on a regular basis? To whom do you listen to help you navigate this road that we're on? Psalm 1 immediately says, be careful about who you listen to. Are you listening to folks who are going to incite fear? Perhaps uh, politicize everything such that you grow in hatred towards those who sit on the opposite side of the aisle from you? 
There's, there's lots of finger pointing going on, isn't there? Uh, pointing away from our side towards the other side. Are you listening to folks who are just going to make you angry, make you fearful? Or are you listening to people who are going to help you grow in faith, in hope, and in love? Do you feel like in the last week you have grown in faith, greater trust in Jesus as you've navigated this perilous time? Are you growing um, more dejected or are you growing more hopeful? A hope that is not just wishful dreaming, but is grounded in those times of solitude and silence where you meet with the Lord Jesus who lives within you and who speaks a word of blessing over you. Are you growing in love? For those who suffer, for those who are sick, for our world, do you see the common humanity that we share as those made in the image of God? Are you growing in love for your neighbors, uh, for the people around you? Are you growing um, in love such that you are praying for them? Take a look at your last week. You sense growing in faith, hope, and love, or you sense that you're growing in fear and uh, dejection uh, and anger towards other people? Don't receive your counsel on a regular basis from, from the wicked, those leading you astray. Um, but here's what you can do. Here's the invitation. Here's the thing that God wants from you. Um, blessed is the man who doesn't do those things, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, which means the Scriptures, whose delight is in God's Word, um, who meditates on them day and night. Our TVs are easy to press on and they just run incessantly. It is more difficult to open up our Bibles and meditate on this word of blessing day and night. Is this where you receive your counsel in these days? Um, if you do turn to the Scriptures, we learn that you will become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And in all that you do, you will prosper. There's a pretty strong promise to become like a tree deeply rooted by the streams of water that call to mind our baptism, the fact that we have died, but now we have been raised up in Jesus, um, in Christ, that we're part of this body in which we share life together with the risen Lord, um, you will become like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. There are seasons to this life. Some of those seasons we're out doing. And some of those seasons I think we're being invited not to do so much, but to work a little bit more on our being, on who we are. Because our doing flows out of our being. And now you can't do the things you're used to doing. Um, but your being can be transformed during this season. This is a season in which you can draw close to God. Um, and as you do that, remembering your baptism, rooting yourself in the life-giving word, um, growing deeply rooted in the things of Christ, you will discover that you will prosper in all things. Um, there was once a monk who, who went to um, a monastery. He was, he was a monk who was isolated. He was practicing social distancing out in the desert. 
such that he could practice these disciplines. And as um, he drew near to the monastery, some monks came and said hello to him. They were always amazed by him. And he asked them to either give him a, some, a bit of bread or a kick and send him back out to where he came from. He said, either way, this is going to be a blessing to me because if I receive good from you, from your hand, I can give thanks to God for his grace and his generosity towards me. And yet if I receive a rebuke from you and a, and a kick in the backside, and, and if I'm sent back into the desert from whence I came, it will also grant me the gift of humility. This monk was undefeated. There was nothing that could happen to him in life or in death in times of celebration or of suffering that could separate him from the love of God. And I think we're invited to go a little deeper in this way, to discover that in all that we do, we will prosper, even if that means being sick, even if that means dying. And Jesus, that means that we get to go and be with the Lord in heaven. In all that we do, we will prosper. Something not to do, don't receive counsel from the wicked. Something to do, ground yourself in the scriptures, remember your baptism, give yourself over to this season so that you can be prosperous in the Christian life. But here's the third step. The psalmist roots us in Christ. Blessed is the man, it says. This is gender specific uh, in the Hebrew and then in the Latin and in the Greek. It's, it's gender specific. It's the man. The church fathers read Psalm 1 and discovered that Jesus is the man. All of us can identify not just with being led astray by the wicked at times in our lives, but sometimes we ourselves are the wicked ones leading others astray. Jesus alone is one who is, does not fall into any of those categories. Jesus is the one who is the tree in fact, it is upon the tree of the cross uh, that he gives himself completely. Um, it looks like defeat. It looks like great suffering. But in the end, it also it prospers. It bears fruit. It brings life to all of us. Jesus is the man in whom we find our center. He is the one who, um, whose life we get to join during this time by way of dying to ourselves, these disciplines of abstinence, and by way of taking up new disciplines that will ground us in him. And in this way, we can look to the future. The way of the wicked is going to perish, but the way of the righteous, well, God knows the way of the righteous. And we who have received the righteousness of Christ by placing our faith and trust in him are righteous indeed. Pray that God blesses you as you continue to open the Psalm 1 throughout the week to read and to meditate day and night upon this good and gracious and loving word from the Lord who loves you. I pray that this will be a blessing to you. And I pray that during this season, we might all grow in Christ by the Spirit. And I pray that we all might continually, strange as it might be, grow increasingly together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.